0: This U.N.A. Golf and Zone Sports Network 2020 PGA Championship update with Real Golf Radio's Bob Casper is brought to you by Moundland Supplies, Zion's Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried & Jensen, and get some guns and ammo. Time now to bring in Bob Casper. He's on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Bob, good morning.
1: How you guys doing this morning? We're doing we well. Have a major championship.
0: It's about time, right? And it, it, traditionally, you know, the PGA Championship needs to go first. Uh, wait a minute. Oh well, whatever.
1: No, it, you know, traditionally, up, up until the last couple of years, it's been it's been last. It's been in August. And here we are, in August again with the PGA Championship. But it is the first one of the year. Yes.
0: Weird times. What are you going to do? All right. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to draft it.
1: Who's going to draft it already? Huh?
0: Yeah. Who's who's going first? PK. This is PK. PK really wanted to do I this. Think I go third,
2: and I think we let the expert go first. All right. <laughs>
0: See, Bob, you, you want to go, go ahead first, and huh? draft draft Tiger and move this thing along? No, I'm going to pick <laughs> Justin Thomas. <laughs> Yak and I were discussing Ooh, this. The hot one. Yak and I were discussing who's going first. <laughs> uh, no doubt in my mind There it he's is the first round draft pick, yes Because? I think we know why, but go ahead and spell it out for the folks Well, he's playing some phenomenal golf this year
1: um, He's number one in FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup points um, Yeah, he's just he's just playing great golf And coming off a win last week in the WGC So I just think he's got um, I think he's got a great opportunity to win his second PGA championship this week
2: all right. <laughs> okay, and I wanted to go three rounds like we did, but before you go, DJ, I want to ask Bob do you think anybody is the obvious favorite? Obviously, you go with JT, but do you think that he is the obvious favorite?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. In the game of golf right now, there's a lot of parody. You've got John Rahm, who is number one in the world. You've got Justin Rose, or not Justin Rose, but Justin Thomas. Um, you've got uh, Brooks Kepka. Uh, who's coming off back-to-back PGA Championship wins? So this could be three for him. Um, there's just there's just a lot going on in golf right now, and a lot of guys that can win. So yeah, I wouldn't say there's one that's that's like Tiger Woods of the past that is the pick that that everybody picks every time.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> Playing the odds and not expecting, I'm I'm really tempted to pick Brooks, but I just don't expect anybody to win a major three times in a row. Stuff goes wrong, so I'll go with John Rahm. He's the world's number one. Don't be an idiot. Don't overlook the obvious. I'll take Rahm. Okay, it's, good. it's a good, great you, you pick. Can't
2: take Rahm. It's a great pick. I get. I get six captain's picks, and there's six Sun Devils who are in (laughs) the field, so I get them all. You
0: want all the Sun Devils? (laughs) I get Xander Shoffley because he's an Aztec.
2: (laughs) All right, you got Rom, yeah. I mean, he's a bomber. He's seems like he's going to at least be in contention at some point, whether it's uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll see about Sunday. I'm going to go with somebody. He's
1: been right in the middle of it. Yeah.
2: So, yeah exactly that's what i'm saying yeah yeah it seems like his time is his, he i said this the other day see if you agree with this bob we were talking about this uh guys who remind you of dustin johnson and i was saying finau and rom right now remind
1: me of where dustin johnson was yeah yeah i agree with you um and and dustin you know really um stood it on its ear when he became a better putter and a better wedge player so um you know those are those are some things that tony needs to become a better putter um and um you know john rom went to number one in the world after he won at beerfield at jack's event um but it was only able to stay there for a couple of weeks
2: i'm gonna go with a little out of the box pick i'm gonna go patrick reed
1: you're gonna go patrick reed huh yeah! Wow, that's that is a definite out of the box pick. So do you get another pick, and, then we, the and then we come back the other way? Then we come back the other way, or is it no. my pick again? Uh,
2: no, 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 no. I'll, I'll go. I'll go last every time.
1: <laughs> okay. <'Cause laughs>
2: okay. as you know, Bob, I mean, I mean, you can relate to this very well. You're a scriptorian. because come Sunday, the last shall be first.
1: <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> so it's my turn. I've already picked Justin Thomas, huh? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a, a uh, former Cal Bear um, golfer, a guy that understands the area awesome. and understands playing there. I'm going to say Colin Morikawa.
0: Yeah. Interesting. You're figuring a little local knowledge worked in there?
1: Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, he, and and he's played some. From he's only missed one cut in his PGA Tour career, and um, one earlier this year lost in playoff. Um, so it's a guy that's a guy that's young. He's only been on tour for I think he's only got twenty five or twenty six starts, and he's already won twice. So um, he's twenty two years old, isn't he? Yep, he's young. He's young. He's a good player. So I'm going to say Colin Morikawa.
0: I'm surprised you didn't wait for the third round and figure he'd still be available. I thought you'd take he a bigger name and been. then have a dark horse pick in the, in the third and final round.
1: Yeah, he probably would have been, but I'm taking him.
0: That's interesting. All right. Uh, well, forget all the talk about odds then and just give me Kepka because I don't know what it is, but he just turns it on for majors. So
1: I like it. It's a good pick.
0: Really? You expect a guy to win the same major three times in a row, though? I mean... You know,
1: um, I wouldn't put it past him. He flies under the radar. Um, every, every time he tees it up in the major, everybody looks other than him. And here, you know, he finished second last week to Justin Thomas. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays well again this week.
2: All right, I'm going to go with a big name who's rep – Slipped a little bit, but uh, if he wins, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked, and that's Rory. Of
1: course, you're going to go with Rory.
0: Honestly, I thought <laughs> Bob was going to pick either Rory or Kepka because it was getting late for big names, and I was just going to take the other one. I was stunned. You threw me a curveball, Bob. <laughs> I had to make a sure curveball
1: I'd... with Colin Morco. Yeah,
0: because huh? I, I figured you'd take one of the big names, and then you'd have a dark horse in the third round. Yeah, I mean that's what I was saying before you came on the air. You know how's Bob going to pick? Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I you know,
1: I I came out of the, I came out of left field, didn't I?
0: You did, yeah. and it's your it's your pick again now. So who you got?
1: Well, I was going to say that Rory's won on this golf course, so he won the match play on this golf course. So um, this is this is this is a good place for him. You know, I really want to I really want to say Tiger Woods because <laughs> of Tiger's won here. Um, in Amex, and he was five and zero in the Presidents Cup, um, and but I'm I'm just unsure about the cold weather and his back and that kind of thing. So I'm not going yeah. to going to big tiger. Um, I uh, I'm going to go with the Utah sentimental favorite with Tony Finau because I think he's got Tony he's got, Tony uh, yeah he's got um, <laughs> I, I, with his good play as of late. Um, I think I think he, it's time for him to to get over the hump and, and Tony um, win another golf tournament, let alone a major championship. That'd
0: be awesome. Okay, so you know the big names at the top, and I'm thinking who's my dark horse at the end? And and Yock's a big golfer, and I want him to have a voice in this. And I'm going to be totally honest with you, Yock. As soon as I said, yeah, give me a dark horse, I thought, he's going to give me something just way out there, and then I'm going to feel like I have to do it, and I don't want to. But then he blurted out Webb Simpson, and tell him why. You gave me the why. Well, Webb's won twice this year. He chased down Tony Enow down there at the the Waste Management. He also won one other time, and he's been playing just extremely well all year long. And so I was going to – as soon as I asked, i like, I wish I hadn't asked because I'm probably going to want to blow it off. And then you pitched it and you sold it so much – I'm in. Webb. Okay, and the
1: other thing about Webb Simpson is he won the U.S. Open at Olympic Club, which is just across mm-hmm. Lake Merced, like a mile away. So uh, Webb is a great pick.
0: Webb is a great pick. But? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's you, <laughs> So Who do you
1: got? Who do you got, DK?
2: Do do I go to my do I go to my default because I don't know if you remember Bob but through the mid uh, portion of this last decade DJ remembers when we would have you on I would go with Dustin Johnson every single time I figured the guy's got too much talent he's got to do it at some point so yeah. do I go there or do I go somebody a little off the beaten path like uh, Rich Beam now of course I wouldn't go Rich Beam I'm just <laughs> kidding.
3: <laughs>
1: How about Zach Johnson? I mean, Zach J. Johnson from Utah. Uh, that's that's definitely off.
2: Either, either off CJ would there. be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I think I'm going to go with uh, sort of a, a blast from the past, even though it's not that far from the past, but it's still from the past in terms of where he was with his game. And I'm going to go Bubba
1: Watson. Ooh. That's an okay pick. That's a good pick,
0: Bob. You're so nice. Would you tell any of us that that pick sucked? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you would not, Bob. You would. If not. I said Rich Beam, he would. Okay. Yeah, you're
1: uh, right. Yeah. So I, you know, this is it's going to be interesting because um, uh, Phil Mickelson's uh, former caddy Bones, um, he caddied for Justin Thomas last week. He's on the bag again this week. Um, but he said that with the weather and the breeze and the dampness and everything, the golf course is going to play almost 8% longer than what the yardage is. So guys are going to have to adjust to that, which means to me that guys that hit it longer are the guys that are going uh, to have um, a really good opportunity to win this week. And so um, the, the guys that hit it shorter, they're going to struggle. Um, the guys that hit it longer, they're going to be able to take a little bit better advantage of golf course.
2: And yet, with that in mind, none of us went with Hercules Deschambeau
1: No. Mm-mm. You know what? Why not? The, the caddy on our show has a new name for him. Instead of Bryson, it's Bison. Bison deschambeau <laughs> <laughs> He's He's so an big and burly. <laughs> Um, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. You know, he he came out of the he came out of the COVID um, break um, just firing on all cylinders. Um, he's kind of backed off a little bit, and uh, and he's you know he's he's struggling with with his play as of the last couple of weeks. So um, yeah, I I don't know I don't know how this golf course is going to set up for him. And um, you know, he's a guy that just likes to the bomb it and bash it as as hard as he can. He's kind of changing the landscape of golf right now as far as in his mind so it'll be interesting to see what he does this week, but no, I didn't, I, I didn't want to pick it.
0: So I read a thing that the uh, the trees on this course are so big accuracy is going to be rewarded guys who are used to uh, finding their way back onto the fairway if they get in a little bit of trouble the angles are going to be greatly reduced Yeah are these trees yeah. also really tall? You can't hit it over them in spots.
1: Yeah, they're 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 pretty tall. They're the they're those big cypress trees that they have there in uh, in the northern California area. And the other thing is, is that if if your ball flies into one of them, um, a lot of these trees will uh, gobble them up, and the ball won't come down. So um, you could see that happening this week. Um, but yes, it's, uh, there's a lot of, lot of great tree lined fairways. It's just a really unique golf course. Johnny Miller grew up playing this golf course when he was a kid. Uh, Ken Venturi did as well. Um, it's, it's, it's been redesigned and, and brought, brought back to its, um, it's uh, great luster as a golf course and that kind of thing. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch how they play this week. And the other thing is this is the, this, like Tory Pines, uh, the South Course. This is a public golf course, so anybody can go and play this golf course.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. When it comes to that, did you know that I believe Ken Venturi's parents were named Fred and Ethel?
1: <laughs> Where did that come? from? Um, you pro- know that? Fred and Ethel. <laughs> I thought that was merch. Yes. I know.
2: No, I was reading in Golf Digest. Jim Nance did a little thing, reflecting on his long broadcast, his longtime time broadcast partner, which obviously that was Ken Venturi, right? Yeah. And he wrote in the story, in the it was like a personal account of Jim Nance's reflections of Ken Venturi, and he put in there that Ken Venturi's parents were named Fred and Ethel, and I oh just my thought goodness. that that was okay. unusual. <laughs>
1: That's and a that's good, good little bit of trivia me. there, PK. <laughs> Red nipple.
2: Yes. Now, I mean, you're not going to get that from anybody but me. I mean, DJ's not going to give you that. That's going to be me. That's what I. That's mm-hmm. what I bring to the show, Bob.
1: You bring to the show. <laughs> DJ's going to bring the soapbox perspective.
2: <laughs> with that in mind. When we get to Sunday, what do you think the winning score is going to be relative to under par, or even par, or over par? Whatever you might think.
1: Well, PGA of America, they normally set up a golf course so the guys, pl- guys can play, and guys can guys can score. So I would imagine this pro- this PGA Championship is probably going to be somewhere around six to eight under par. Uh, that's a pretty pretty uh, conservative look at it, um, and. You know, the interesting thing is is it came from almost 100 degrees last week um, and warm and everything. And now everybody's bundled up and wearing jackets and sweaters and and that kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's around 50, 60 degrees in in Northern California. So uh, it's going to be different. But I think, you know, six to eight under par is probably going to be a good score.
0: Do people like Brooks Kepka? And I ask that. He always seems to have a little bit of an attitude that isn't quite golf. He always, and partly it's his build. You know, he looks like a linebacker. But when he says stuff like, I'm defending, aren't I? Okay, just checking. It's like, that's not really how golfers talk. You know, Now, in a sport with no defense, and you just go do your own thing. Maybe for a lot of guys, it just rolls off their back, right? Because it doesn't matter what somebody says. You either make the putt or you don't. You know, you just yeah. you're, you, either, you either write down three, four, five, or whatever, right? So the words don't matter. But on the other hand, I can see where that would rub people wrong because that's not how golfers usually talk.
1: Well, you know, Brooks is interesting because here is a guy that that got on the PGA Tour by way, by virtue of playing in Europe. So he went and played the the Challenge Tour in Europe, then got on the European Tour then played well enough on the European Tour to get in some of the WGC events, made enough money on that to get on the PGA Tour. So he worked his way on in, in, a, in a span of a year, year and a half, two years, something like that, onto the PGA Tour. It wasn't long before he won, and then he started winning major championships. When he started winning major championships, it kind of loosed his tongue up a little bit, um, and he became the guy that, that, that felt that... Um, said he could view his opinions and and make his point, and and that's kind of what he did what he's done. So Brooks also feels slighted because he feels like he um, nobody gives him nobody everybody puts him under the radar, and and nobody gives him credit as one of the favorites coming into a major championship. So you know he those those types of things roll off his tongue pretty easy, uh, especially as of the last year and a half to two years when he's become pretty vocal. So. Uh, you know he's a guy that lives lives life kind of to the fullest, and, um, does some kind of crazy things. Um, you know was in that um, that Sports Illustrated Muscle ed- Muscle Edition or Body Edition or whatever. Um, received some criticism for that, but Brooks is Brooks is a good player, and yeah, he's got a little bit of a cocky edge to him, no doubt.
0: Did you see? That's why I liked him. <laughs> PK PK had me uh, look up the uh, Bubba Watson, Brooks Kepka thing. Did you see that? The weight room? Uh, I did not. <laughs> Are you in front of a computer? I am in front of a computer right now. We, we want to hear your reaction as you look that up. <laughs> Bubba was, Watson was on Twitter. Brooks Kepka weight room. Oh, is
2: it on Twitter? Is that where you saw it? PGA I follow them, and that's that's where I saw it. Yeah, huh?
1: Interesting. Is it recent?
0: Uh, it's a couple of days old now, so it'll take begin- a while to find the it.
2: You can just tell them it was at the yeah. beginning of the week.
0: Okay, it was the beginning of the week. Uh, they oh, both. Okay. All, all I'm going to tell you is they both end up with their shirts off.
1: Oh, <laughs> I bet you one looks definitely better than the other.
0: <laughs> uh, as PK pointed out, Bubba's a good sport. Doesn't take himself yeah, too seriously. Exactly.
1: Listen, if you're um, if you're gonna if you're gonna jump on and do a do a um, you know a song with with uh, with the golf guys and that kind of thing, and you're wearing um, you're wearing suspenders with no shirt underneath, yeah, I would think that would probably come along pretty good.
0: <laughs> All right, Bob, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will uh, we we've got this. yacht has uh, etched these in uh, in stone now, so we're gonna awesome. we're gonna want to talk okay. on Monday and see how this ends up. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bowlers coming up next. Talk about the Jazz wins. Stay with us.
4: Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back to basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
0: Utah Jazz even the record in Orlando at 2-2. Two two. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies 124-115. Joe Ingles led the Jazz with 25 points. Rudy Gobert had 21 points and 16 boards. Jazz are off today. They play the Spurs tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Thunder upset the Lakers 105-86. The Nuggets beat the Spurs 132-126. to That's your back-to-basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you.
4: Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
3: The thing that really breaks my heart is we talk about BYU and Utah and Utah State, and they're going to take their hits, and it stinks for them for sure. The one team here in the state of Utah that
4: is absolutely getting hosed over on this whole thing is Weber State.
3: Jay Hill's got his best team he's ever had that Weber State, frankly, may have ever had. And if the NCAA
4: does what people think they could, they may not play a season, and they'll never have a clue as to how great that team could be. They were going to be... A top three team in FCS football and have every opportunity to win a national champion.
2: The thought of Weaver State canceling the football season is unacceptable to me.
4: Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Craig Bowler Jack's Weekly Interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Hello, DJ PK. How are you? Good. Bowler, I know yep. the Jazz made 40% of their three-pointers, and we we're all waiting for that to happen because they'd been shooting 38%, and they just couldn't keep shooting in the mid-20s. They are going to have to go in. But were you surprised they took 45 or that's the direction they have been getting pushed and they were going in so naturally they took them, right? I mean, if you're making them, you're going to keep taking them.
3: Yeah, I think Quinn Snyder wants that number to be in the 40s plus. Uh, I think with Bogdanovich out, that's how they're going to make up those 20 points. And Bogey was a 41% shooter from outside. So yeah, I think uh, it's an amazing thing, the three-point shot in this league and how it can cure, uh, or at least for a night, it can cure some concerns. But uh, the energy that it brings, too, it's, it's an amazing thing. And you know, as, as we know in those first three games, it it spread throughout the entire team. The inability to make the three, but you had six players uh, had at least one three point shot made last night, and you had six players in double figures, and you shoot forty percent. I mean, the three ball is an amazing thing in this league.
2: So how does Joe go from only eleven shot attempts in the two prior games to thirteen shot attempts? He'll just tell you, "Well, it was there, so I took it." Seems to me like there's got to be more than that.
3: I want you to drill him on that today. Okay, I mean, I, I think that's the big question. Is he felt he looked so comfortable, PK, in the sense of his game, the flow. Uh, he he had he's had open looks uh, throughout uh, the time in the bubble. But in the three games prior, you know, the Jazz shot 27%, and Joe had taken only 11 three-pointers. And then, as you mentioned, he just opens up last night. I don't know if that was from behind the scenes with discussions from Quinn to say, Joe, look, uh, we need something. You know, don't be – and Joe Joe will tell you, look, I'll take – you're right. He's, a, he's an unselfish player. He probably is the best uh, assist man to go bear. He averages five plus assists a game, and he you know he, he's a very much that team guy. But I think it's time where you have to you know find another player who's going to take more high volume shots. And, and Joe last night decided to open them up. Plus, when you hit that first one, uh, the rest of them look a little easy, you know, and it, it's kind of the way, the way it looked last night to me, and he, he looked really comfortable playing. And also, you got a nice punch from Conley, and even maybe some some, some surprise points from Royce O'Neal as well.
0: So. How much, uh, I don't even know how to phrase this, but how much uh, trust is there between Quinn and Joe? How hard do they go at each other when one guy wants one thing and one guy wants another? Is it a case where you don't, they know each other well enough, you just don't need many words? Even a look from Quinn could make Joe start launching threes. How, how yeah. does that work?
3: You know, I tell you, from watching them for hours in practice and shoot-arounds, I think they have a really good relationship. And I think it's gotten to the point now where they've been together as coach-player relationship long enough that uh, a look, signal, a quick discussion. Quinn is a guy that you know is very open to fresh ideas, new approaches, and I'm sure that Joe and and, – you know coach decided let's let's go this way i mean quinn quinn knew that somebody had to you know break out sooner than later as he said last night this team didn't forget that's been well used by the way but you know they're number one on catch and shoots and that's what joe does he's he's got a quick release he likes to sit up in the corner and last night he just looked incredibly comfortable but uh again i i think they probably discussed it i really do joe look we love you you know trying to facilitate some passes but if the shot's there take it and last night great outcome
2: so do we read into anything the two teams they should beat they did and the two teams that are tougher they lost
3: yeah that's a good point pk um You know, don't forget, too, they had to come from 16 down, right, to win by two against the Pelicans. And then OKC was just a very fast, physical team, defended them extremely well on the perimeter. And the Lakers, I thought you saw the Jazz begin to wake up and and get their defensive schemes back against L.A. But the biggest issue still has been turnovers. Uh, There was too many early last night, but then things settled down in the second half. But against the Lakers, if you could take – you know, five or six of those turnovers away, uh, maybe it's a different outcome. But you know, you give somebody like the Lakers twenty-nine points off twenty-one turnovers—that's going to be a big issue. And last night, it kind of stung them again. But all of a sudden, they righted the ship, and and they look like who they were prior to the shutdown. Those thirteen games or so before March eleventh, the Jazz were playing some pretty good basketball, uh, especially Conley and Donovan. So. Um, maybe it's taken that much time, PK, to, to figure it out and get get things back on track. But I think, you know, we got two back-to-back games. The Jazz play San Antonio, you know, during a brunch tomorrow at 11, and then you play Denver. Those two games are going to be pretty telling because the Spurs are scrappy trying to find an eighth spot in the playoffs. And you know how Popovich approaches games. Uh, he's got a run of, what, 23 consecutive years, I believe, in the playoffs, and that could be... Um, that could snap uh, in Orlando. And then Denver is the team the Jazz were chasing. And if they fall to six, that would be most likely the team they could they would see in the first round, the Denver Nuggets. So maybe we'll get better answers of the consistency uh, this weekend when they go back-to-back.
0: So that was basically as well as the Jazz could shoot the ball – uh, maybe you could, you know, Donovan Mitchell could shoot it a little better. He was seven of eighteen, and then the other guy who maybe could shoot a little better is Niang, but mm-hmm. he and he did have games earlier this year where he shot it pretty well. That was why he was on the court, but it isn't working in the bubble. Do you have any answers for that other than keep launching, and they got to go in eventually?
3: I think that's the only that's the only thing I said last night that when you talk to the Kyle Corvers of the world and the, the Jeff Hornaceks, you always ask, do you ever? Doubt yourself, and he goes. And both have always said, "No, you cannot." It's, it's, it's. uh you know that that's an interesting talent to have. And I bet you Joe would tell you the same thing. Is that you may, if you start doubting yourself, then it becomes even a bigger issue. I remember, Corver said a couple of times there. There are streaks of highs and lows, and so you just try to play in the middle of it, and um, that makes sense. You know, if you start to You know, I tell you the 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 mind is is a interesting thing. It can be a friend or an enemy. But in sports, I mean, my point is in sports, the mental side of it is one of the most important because you have most everybody's got the physical ability to be there, right? Or they wouldn't be. But it's the mental side. And if you if you're a three point specialist, much like what Corber was uh, and always has been, and Hornacek, who always was looking to hit a three. I'd love to see him play in this, in this league today because he'd have the green light and play set up for him 24-7. Uh, and he had to work for him, as we all know, in the Jerry Sloan system. But uh, always they always said, look, it comes and goes, and you just have to keep shooting the ball. But for George Niang, I think you just got to shoot it. And his attitude, I've talked to him a couple of times via text from the bubble, and I think he still is positive, and I don't think he feels like he's lost his ability to hit that shot either. Um, maybe pressing but you just got to relax. And, you know, you saw one go down last night, right? Clarkson seemed to be a little calmer in his approach last night, too. Uh, but still, 14 shots, you get 14 points. You like to see a little better efficiency there. But I think still the key is the Jazz get more punch off the bench. And, um, you know, that, that maybe is coming. Maybe that's coming.
2: How's it been doing the broadcast uh, remotely for you?
3: Dk, it's it's interesting. It's uh, you know, I love the crowds. Um, it's it's a challenge, but it's one you got to take on. Uh, each game's different. Uh, I thought last night, you know, we got off. The second half was better, and I think it's dictated too by the way the Jazz play. When you win, it's much easier to broadcast. When you find yourself trailing or turning the ball over or having you know multiple free throws. Uh, like we've had in the bubble, I think a lot of teams would tell you the same thing. There's been a lot of whistles um, in Orlando, uh, but it's it's been an amazing experience. And you know, but I, if you had to you know pin me uh, up against the wall and say, "What do you want to do?" I'd rather be in a crowd in an arena. I hope that happens and we return to that one day. I uh, love to see the fans return, and I just hope it happens sooner than later. But what we have is what it is, and that's what you have to learn to do. I've had to adjust, like everybody. And so working with Matt from his home in Atlanta, there's a delay. Sometimes we step on each other, but we're working through it. Thurl is, you know, 15 feet down the row from me. Uh, KK's on the other side of the building, so, and Lemma's up on the fifth floor. So, you know, we don't really have that much ability to uh, to – uh, play off one another. Thurl and I look at each other, but, you know, when you when you work together like you do with an analyst, you're usually bumping and looking you know, in each other's face and discussing things, but uh, it's long distance communication, the way I look at it, and, you know, it's my job just to try to bring the energy, and when the Jazz play well, it helps, but uh, it's good to see some virtual fans. At least Bear was up there last night. I saw KK up there last night, so you know, saw some faces that we see in the arena, but it's still it's still not the same. But we're doing the best we can.
0: So do you change routine and call the other teams broadcasters and that? Because one of the big advantages of being in the arena is I don't think people realize how much earlier broadcasters arrive and you have time to talk to people and inevitably you hear stuff. And you don't always hear stuff about the game that night. Sometimes you hear stuff that helps you a week down the road that's
3: a great point uh we've made a few calls um but at the same time i tell you we have been so busy with our own broadcast with multiple zoom calls i can't even tell you the league has had us on multiple calls as well i've learned a lot on how they were setting this thing up and with travis and jeremy brunner our director producer um you know, I, I I tip my hat to them too. Uh, we've shared a lot of information. A lot of people have shared information just on Zoom talks or you know with with text messages or emails. Uh, I think everybody's been so you know so busy with their own with their own broadcasts. We haven't had a chance to share a lot. We have, I have, but not as much as I would do. Uh, talking like Sean Elliott with San Antonio. That guy is a, is a great guy, and he just. I'm not saying he spills the beans, but he gives us great insight on what's going on with Pops and the Spurs. He knows that franchise so well. And, you know, uh, it's uh, it, it, that's what I miss, too, is like you said, D.J., is having that 10 or 15 minutes of insight that you get uh, to, to going out of the league uh, has allowed us to, you know, be zoomed in on the opponent coaches, uh, which is available. So that's helped uh to get a nugget or two and then he get some game notes not as much as you would as you uh, in a regular type season but i just try to piece it all together and come up with a uh, with the best you know game plan we can
0: and if joe hits threes then you know everything's better
3: everything's good in the world when joe hits threes you oh. know and i and i mean that i think that there is a calming sense for even the team i mean i know there's Donovan and there's Rudy but joe there's something about joe that brings, I think, a confidence, a calm. When he's on, the team seems to be like, you know, follow me. That And, and Joe has that innate ability. I don't know if it's veteran leadership, his personality, as we all know it. Uh, he's a funny guy, but also a competitor. And uh, it's good to see a little, uh, a little snarky look on his face sometimes. And, you know, he, he busts tail out there. And I'm glad to see him bust open last night. He didn't score in the first quarter, but from that point on, he just took off, and he just seemed to be in a, in a comfortable position. Maybe he just forgot it all. Um, you know, he's got two kids, and, a, and Renee's expecting. You know, life goes on, but you know, you still—he's—he's he's a guy that's concerned about home. He's trying to figure things out in the bubble, play games. Uh, be competitive keep the jazz in a good playoff position so look i know people say oh yeah yawn yawn but still all these things still come into play on how players are playing i mean i've learned that as you guys have in this league we forget there's the personal side they try to block it out when they're on the court but sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh but i think joe looked as comfortable as he has in uh as in a long time last night
0: He's Craig Jack. He joins us every week, and it's presented by University of Utah Health. Trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours with 16 neighborhood health centers, U of U Health has a game plan for your family's care. Visit uofuhealth.org slash jazz. Thanks, Bowler.
3: All right, guys. Tell Joe I just had a latte. I'm sure he's going to say I'm a whip because he probably goes with the hardcore stuff. But there you go. I'm trying to keep up with him. All Have right. a good one, guys. Thanks, Bowler.
0: All right, Craig Bullerjack joining us here. we got a few minutes, Uh, BYU's ideal schedule. We are getting a lot of feedback on what people would like to see for the games the Cougars need to fill in. We will get to that coming up, and Joe Ingles will be here a little after 9 o'clock on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that.
4: But finally, the NBA is back.
2: Back up and hammer.
4: That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball the Jazz Resume Play from the Bubble in Orlando. Your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ PK brought you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Get a lot of feedback to the question, what does the ideal BYU schedule look like? And U-State Iceman says, so if the Mountain West has two non-conference games, does that mean Boise State drops BYU? Because they have three non-conference games. So they've postponed Georgia Southern, and the Florida State game doesn't appear to happen. Now, they didn't cancel Georgia Southern. So I suppose there's still a chance that BYU gets squeezed there nor do i know that there's a That's guarantee why I that asked you that. yeah i don't know that there's a guarantee that you have to play new two conference games. so georgia southern could go away and bill could still get dropped you know i i think <laughs> this goes totally in the opposite direction of everything we ever thought about college football but now i think a game isn't played until it's played you know, will something come up? Ooh, that's deep. Thank you. But <laughs> one of the reasons to go to conference-only games has been, what if there's gamesmanship? If a coach thinks they're probably going to lose a game, just just say, well, "We have got too many positive tests to go on. Or you've got no. too many positive tests to go on. There are people no. – okay, I would like to think you're right, PK, but – Thank you. Be a cynic, and are there people, win at all costs, save jobs and all that, Or like, screw that. These guys have too many. I'm concerned about the safety. Come on, public posturing, PK and college sports, you've been calling that out forever. And I've read multiple things that inside a conference, it's a little harder to pull that off. Can a commissioner make them play games? Can they set... Standards, and they say they can, but they haven't yet. And, you know, if a position gets wiped out, a position group gets wiped out, you know, if you have a bunch of positive tests that are all offensive linemen, you know, five spread across your roster might not be a big deal, but five in your offensive line group, you may not have enough offensive linemen.
2: I know, but then you got an excuse, right? Mike Conley had to take a different route from his house to the practice facility. How do you and expect him to perform on the basketball floor? That's funny so on coaches, sports
0: That's funny on sports talk radio, but before a game, that, that's not funny on whether game gets well, played. Well, yeah, or not. but
2: un, unless it's a sa- if it's a safety issue, yes, but you weren't talking safety, you were talking gamesmanship. A safety and health reasons, that's an entirely different story. If that's the case, yes, I totally see that we can't go this week fine i don't think anybody's going to say we're going to listen to this we've got this many offensive linemen and we only have uh, a a third of them available it's just unsafe for these young fellows to be out on the field but if it's to try to gamesmanship so we don't lose this particular game man i don't see that because if that ever got exposed that would just be worse than getting beat 100 to nothing
0: that's certainly a risk. I just think there's a gray area here, you know, and some things will be very clear cut and some things will be kind of hazy, you know, and some people will come to everybody's going to come to the same conclusion at the same time. Right. The Oregon governor back in April famously said the Ohio State game. I can't remember if it was the Ohio State game wasn't going to be played or it wasn't going to be played with fans. You know, and it's like, ah, oh, this is political. This is well, it was ultimately Ohio State that ended and the Big Ten that ended up canceling the game. The governor ended up being right. Now, was there any point in being right that early? Should they have let it play out? Well, they did let it play out. And Oregon, I mean, people just aren't going to be on the same page, even if they arrive at the same answer eventually. I don't know. I, I think there's I think there's gray area. And when there's a gray area, there's a chance for gamesmanship. Okay, DJ and PK it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone Joe Ingles is coming up next stay with us